0: Hi again. Welcome to Casting Light, stories of recovery and hope from Inside Guiding Light. I'm Phil Tower. It's a pleasure and honor to be with you on every one of these episodes of Casting Light. And we remind you, today's episode is underwritten by the folks at Treadstone Funding. So we'd like to thank Treadstone Funding for making this podcast series possible. And we appreciate your support as well. If you're a listener or a donor. On this podcast, you will hear stories directly from the men who lived them here at Guiding Light, men who were living in darkness, then found light, literally and figuratively, and along with that, a new life through the programs at Guiding Light. Your donations to Guiding Light provide men here with a safe and supportive space to continue their journeys and realize their God-given potential. And I get the honor and pleasure of meeting new people on every episode of Casting Light, and it is my honor and pleasure to to welcome Ryan uh, to our microphone. Ryan is a former Guiding Light recovery client. He now works here in the West Michigan area. We're going to find out about that. Ryan, how are you?
1: Good. How are you doing?
0: I'm doing well. Um, We are recording here in the new year. Happy New Year to you, and you and I have never met for our listeners of this podcast. There were no cheating questions covered (laughs) or answered ahead of time. No money has exchanged hands. Not yet. This is not yet, (laughs) not yet. This is uh, totally up and up. So I'm, as we do in every one of these stories, Ryan, I'm curious about how you ended up, you had some form of addiction. You ended up here at guiding light. Sometimes that's like going in 15 different directions before you walk through the door and are accepted in the program. What Mm -hmm. about your story?
1: So yeah, um, I guess to give a little bit of a backstory, started using all that, uh, teenager, probably 15, 16, progressed pretty bad when um, I got in my early 20s. Um, and I think I was 23, first time I went to treatment. That was a detox, um, and then I did detox a few times. I'd heard about Guiding Light from the first one I went to. Um, convinced myself I, I didn't need long-term treatment I could just do 12 step, um, and I would get it, but I wasn't committing myself to actually getting sober. So it didn't work. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I went to treatment twice within like six weeks in 2018. Uh, so it was January and then March. Um, I'd heard about guiding light first time in January. They had sent some people over to talk. This is that turning point. Mm -hmm. Um, and they would send people over to talk and talk about the program. I was like, no, I'm good. Um, I was, I, like, <laughs> you knew, you know what you needed. <laughs> exactly. Um, I'm from Holland. I okay. went, I went to take Holland and there was a program in Holland. I was waiting for a bed to open up. Mm-hmm. Um, I started using like the day I got out of treatment. So even when the bed did open up, <clears throat> I wasn't going, ended up back at turning point, um. And after fighting that whole, like, I can't do long-term treatment, I have too much going on, which I didn't. I was unemployed, like, bouncing on couches. Like. <laughs> but you had convinced yourself that. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. What, what, What? actually,
0: what was the tipping point for you to say, okay, I can't handle this myself, i, I got to give this guiding
1: Light Place a try? So I was, this was right before I went back to Turning Point the second time. Um... I had, like I said, I was bouncing around couches, all that. I had locked myself in a hotel room. Um, I had dropped all the money I had. I think i just gotten a tax return, and I was like, all right, I got enough money for like 10 days, I'll be good, have a stable place to live for the first time in like three months. Um, and I think it was by like day seven or eight in this hotel, um, I woke up and I was just like, I can't do this, I was like, this is miserable. Um, I wasn't really sold on sobriety. But I wasn't. I don't want to get too morbid on the podcast, but I wasn't. I, I guess I kind of realized I wasn't going to die soon enough. Yeah. Um. And I was like, "What I, was your your substance that you were using? Was
0: it heroin? Or uh, was
1: it? Mainly alcohol. Mainly alcohol. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um. Some prescription drug addiction in there as well. Some history of like hallucinogenics, but yeah. alcohol was my go-to. Um, yeah. It's easy to get." And exactly. That hotel was right next to a liquor store.
0: That was by design. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you're in a hotel room, which can be depressing enough without any kind of addiction, for eight days. And if something clicks, What what went on inside your mind?
1: Woke up one day, and I was still sick from that night before I was too sick to keep anything down to kind of get over those initial withdrawals um and just kind of thought to myself like this sucks like it doesn't matter if sobriety is horrible it cannot be worse than this and that's kind of how I got my foot in the door with deciding to uh try recovery so it wasn't like I woke up inspired one day I was just like I anything is better than where I'm at right now
0: so you came to guiding light were you accepted right away or did you need to detox how did that go
1: so I actually ended up at, uh, Holland hospital for two days after that, um, kind of did my detox there. Then I went to turning point. That's when they had a couple people come from, uh, guiding light. And I told one of them, he was the intake manager at the time. Um, I was like, Hey, I'm interested. Got his number. Um, was here five days later. So I'd like five days of sobriety when I got here. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I did the, what's it called? Sat up front for a little bit. I think they yeah. called the blue room. Yeah. I, was, I was there for, I think, a little under a week.
0: There's a lot of that, a lot of time to kind of get inside your head and, and think, and that's by design. And then when you realized you were accepted into the program, what's going through your head at that point?
1: I think it was like or excited. Yeah. I mean, just seeing the guys come in and out, and I know they're not supposed to interact with you when you're up front guess what they do. Yeah. Um, and just seeing the kind of like community and everything and I want to be part of it. And, um, I think that was needed for me. It's probably needed for a lot of people in early recovery. Um, I was, you know, I put myself in a situation where I was able to be put in this situation where starting to buy like 20 other guys that were all about bettering themselves and it's kind of hard to deviate from that. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I was just excited when I got accepted. I yeah, There's, really there's a lot
0: that. of that we're not going to let you fail kind of thing that happens here. A lot of support. Uh, it's, it's a different kind of experience. I've had so many men tell me that. At what point did you realize, whether it was a couple of weeks in, a couple of days in, did you realize this is different? Something's changing here inside me. What What was going on in Ryan's
1: head? pretty early on i don't have a timetable for it um but every a lot of other places that you'll go to um very clinical might be the way to put it they're going to tell you about how how addiction works Mm -hmm. you know chemical makeup of your brain all that why why you do the things you do um and guiding light was the first one that's like i don't not that they didn't care but it was like no let's let's work on you need to be honest you need to figure out why you're not being honest um sitting down with the uh, Mr. Elvy, here's my life coach. Mm-hmm. Um, whatever one-on-one's focused on stuff like that. It wasn't like, "Why do you think you're, you know, a drug addict? Why do you think this and that?" Um, it was kind of just focusing on like there's a lot that's going to need to be worked on when you when you come in mm-hmm. to Guiding Light. Um, but it wasn't necessarily just focusing on like, "Hey, you're 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 a drug addict." It was hey, let's try to focus on some things to make you a better person.
0: And the faith component is there as well, but it's not, as a lot of men have described, it's not, you know, running after somebody with a Bible, it's not beating you over the head. It's understanding no. you need that spiritual higher power, and yes. that
1: played a role in this for you as well? Yes. Um, the spiritual direction I got to do um, was huge for me, mm. and I liked that because that was almost more like just overall human connection. Um, I do have my own religious beliefs. Um I know people that came into this program that were very against any sort of organized religion, um, and it wasn't forced upon them. Um, the, you kind of get that freedom to make your higher power and that spiritual side what you want, mm-hmm.
0: which is a good thing. Mm-hmm. And you know, I I heard a lot of men say they realized that it was one of the special ingredients to recovery that was lacking before. And again, it, it could be this kind of faith or that kind of faith, but, but understanding that hole that's inside of you that you're trying to fill with booze or pills is a lot of time because it's not being filled with a spiritual center, and mm-hmm. it's really, really powerful. We're talking with Ryan, by the way, a former Guiding Light Recovery client here. Uh, Brian now works in the region. You work here in West Michigan? Yes. And I understand you work in the prison system.
1: Yes. So,
0: how did you end up there? (laughs) Yeah. There
1: are easier paths in life, Ryan. Yeah. Um, So, after Guiding White, I got a job at a Mason Supply Company. It it was a mixture of like warehouse, a little bit of low level sales work. I tried selling insurance at one point, went back to the Mason Supply Company. Um, And a friend of mine, who went through the program just after me. So we kind of, as I was leaving, he was coming in, um, was working for his reentry project. He works at the jail. Um, and he was like, Hey, you'd expressed interest in recovery coaching before. And I had kind of told myself, I wanted to give myself a couple years of sobriety before I jumped into that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it kind of aligned. I would just hit like two years clean. Um, he's like, you would expressed interest before. Do you want me to talk to my boss? And I was like, sure. Interviewed um, got the job. Um, and yeah, it's, it's a reentry project that's supposed to help people are co-occurring mental health and addiction when they get released. So you're talking to them at the point where they're about to get released. Yep. It's 90 days post or pre-release and then six months post. I bet they sense a
0: lot more street cred coming from a guy who has had some
1: challenges in the past, right? I mean, do you ever talk about that? A little bit. I'm good at making those connections with people. And you'd be, you know, sometimes it, sometimes addiction is just addiction and some stuff is pretty universal. Yeah, There are a lot of people who have have gone through experiences I will never experience. I've never been to prison. I've never yeah. been through any of that. Um, so there are definitely differences, but usually I can find some common ground. And the amazing
0: thing is you found something you have a gift for as you look at this and you look back and by the way, how many years sober now are? where are you? Are you coming up in three years? Uh,
1: four will be this March, beginning of March will be four years. Fantastic. Thank you. That's awesome.
0: When you look back at the Ryan who walked in the doors here versus the Ryan I'm sitting across the table from, mm. what do you see in your head?
1: Is it hard to even imagine you were there? Yes and no. It it went by really quick, like really quick. It doesn't, when I say like four years, it does not feel like it. Life has Um, a way of doing that to you. Yeah. Um, but just more confident, more sure of myself. I have an idea of who I am today. Um, I was probably a little wishy-washy when I came in here and now I can, I can kind of give it to you straight. Like, Hey, this is who I am. This is my thoughts on this. Mm. So more decisive.
0: When, and, I, and I'm sure you have had this conversation with some of the people you counsel in the prison system. But for for those people that you haven't met, maybe somebody listening on the other side of this podcast, listening to us right now, hearing your story, hearing this conversation, maybe they have a son or daughter who's addicted, or maybe that addict is listening to us right now. It's very possible. What kind of words would you share with them? Because a, a lot of times, is you know for you was waking up in a hotel realizing, okay, I can't do this. Mm -hmm. And what, what wisdom would you share with them?
1: I don't know. It's hard. Um, it's possible I've seen some of the most amazing transformations that weren't even that didn't involve me. Just people I saw through this program. I have a couple people that come to mind that I just cannot believe it. Um, and I think it's possible for anyone. Um, a lot of people think I, you know, I had that thinking I'm, I'm special, I'm different. I, it's not going to work for me. It's a load of crap. Um, I think it is possible. Um, and I think if you look for the help, it is available. A lot of people don't realize that. Um, but there is, there's a lot available in this area. Um, a lot of great resources. Um, so,
0: yeah, And since that tax return went mostly for booze and pills and a hotel room, you walked into a guiding light. This recovery program, this amazing,
1: powerful recovery, didn't cost you a penny. Does that ever cross your mind? It's amazing. the Where I work for now is a nonprofit, and I didn't have much understanding about it. It's absolutely phenomenal that we have these resources available because a lot of people, they think, the two detoxes I wanted to. One of them was free. One of them wasn't. Um, and, you know, people find excuses for a lot of reasons why they can't um, try recovery and stuff like that. Um, I think if you get to a point where you really need the help, there are no excuses. And I think Guiding White is a program that does that. Money-wise, if that's an issue, we have a place you're going to be fed, clothed, all that. doesn't matter. If you have nothing, you're, you're going to be okay. So... It's well said.
0: As you look in the mirror, look five years from now, mirror, crystal ball, whatever you want to call it. What uh, do you have any hopes or, a- or aspirations five years from now? I, I, you obviously have a re- rewarding line of work now. What what would you like
1: to do with that? As far as a springboard, you ever dream about that? Ah, uh, a little bit. Um, I'm in school. Yeah, um, I'm actually going for social work. Good um, for you. I enjoy what I do. Um, I think it's been a really good experience for me. I've been pretty, uh, transparent with anyone that asks. It's not what I to do for the rest of my life. Um, yeah. I want to get into more of a traditional counseling or therapy role. So if I'm looking five years, just give the nice generic answer. Cause I'm going to school part time, <laughs> hopefully getting ready to graduate with a bachelor's <laughs> so good for you. Yeah, that's, that will be
0: something you look back on and you already have so many things to look back on and be proud of and sobriety uh, staring down four years and just not too far away from now is truly commendable. I want to Thank congratulate you. you on that. And you've clearly got a lot of great things going for you. And you have a gift. I mean, you have a gift for telling your story. And I'm so grateful that you are out in the community. And I, I want to remind our listeners that Ryan's story happened For a lot of reasons, there was grace in there, there were, you know, just the timing, and uh, a very addicted but wise enough person who woke up one morning and said, I'm done, I can't do this anymore. Yet, at the same time, this recovery was possible without any cost, without really anything. As as Ryan said, meals, uh, camaraderie, support, spiritual direction, which is huge, And your donations to Guiding Light make all of that possible. It makes it happen. You provide these men, like Ryan, with a safe and supportive space to continue their journeys and to realize their God-given potential and to continue that. We hope you will support the programs here at Guiding Light. You can do that at guidinglightworks.org. Most importantly, if you like our podcast, Ryan would like to know that. Uh, I would like to know that. We'd love to hear from you. We encourage you to subscribe, uh, share, or review our podcast with your help. We hope to attract more listeners and share more stories of recovery and hope. That's what every episode of Casting Light is all about. Until next time, for Guiding Light and Casting Light, I'm Phil Tower. Thank you for listening.